The Saturday movie will continue after these messages. Daddy's little girl is missing. How are you going to find her? Somebody took her. Somebody's going to pay. You want to see your kid alive again? Daddy will make sure of that. Daddy! You're giving me a million bucks, you'll never see your kid again. James Brolin, a broadcast premiere, Night of the Juggler. Sunday night at 6, only on Channel 11. Hello, hello, this is Christopher McFarlane, your host for the Red Enigma Movie Review Podcast. And tonight I'm going to be reviewing a movie that I said I would be reviewing. Um, it's an unknown gym by many people, but it's, 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 it's really a, well, I'll tell you after I give you a summary of it. The movie I'm talking about is Night of the Juggler from 1980 that stars James Brolin, Cliff Gorman, Richard Castellano, and I believe is directed by a guy named Robert Butler. Um, let me see. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you what it's uh, about and give a brief summary of it while I can. It is about, it starts out with this guy who's enjoying his lunch or supposedly enjoying his lunch. He doesn't really eat his lunch. He sits there, then he gets up and pours ketchup all over his his uh, his eggs for no strange reason. I guess it's to show that he's a whack job. And then it's it goes to this cop who is played by Richard, the Richard Castellano character. He, of course, played Clemenza in The Godfather. And then it go, and it's just him dealing with whatever craziness the city's having through the time. And then it goes to James Brolin's character, who used to be a cop, and now he's like a truck driver, and it's his daughter's birthday, and he lives in this uh, slum apartment, because obviously it's a slum, it's dark, has no light, and it's his daughter's birthday, and he, after school, he plans to take her to McDonald's, because apparently McDonald's was the place to go at that time. I mean, after all, this is 1979, 1980. And then it goes back to the first guy who was played by Cliff Gorman. Um, let me see what the guy's name is in the movie. I might as well tell you that. His name is Gus Solchik, the Cliff Gorman character, and he is planning to kidnap the daughter of this real estate tycoon. But while, but instead, he ends up getting james brolin's daughter who looks like her and then james brolin sees this and chases him um throughout the city for the next 10 12 minutes um he gets into a cab with this puerto rican guy who is played by mandy patinkin patinkin um one of his early movies yeah he's he's a jewish guy playing a puerto rican well this stuff happened all the time back in the 
or you know in the eight seventies and eighties, which was cool. And while you know getting getting in the cat while the cab's deciding to chase this guy, and then I guess the cab runs into somebody. I mean, there's this this whole chase has all these car crashes and whatnot, and he drive he goes around the city trying to stop the guy um but other cars get in the way or other things happen and he ends up getting arrested the james brolin character because while chasing the guy with his daughter he ends up hopping subways and beating up having to uh, beat up cops that get in his way they arrest him the guy takes his daughter to where he lives, which is basically a slum area. Um, it was at one time a nice place, supposedly, until the real estate developers decided to send in the undesirables or the minorities or that he considers undesirables. And they basically destroyed the neighborhood. I mean, if you see the movie, the neighborhood looks like a war zone, which I think that's what New York looked like at that time or parts of it, which made for a very effective location for a film of this particular nature. And the daughter's trying to convince him that she's not, her, her father's not rich, her father's a cop. But he's thinking that ah, it's just bullshit and whatever. And she's just trying to play him. Meanwhile, James Brolin's trying to, you know, get away from the cops and go find his daughter. And there's a lot of trouble with along the way. He he runs into the Richard Castellano character, his name is Lieutenant Tonelli. And I think his daughter is getting married, so he has to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, he was, uh, he was visiting the James, well, he was going to see the Brolin character and having to write him up, trying to, was going to have to take him in for all the shit that had been, that, that, that James Brolin did along the way. Um, and he won't let him go, you know, try to go find his daughter because the guy's not a cop anymore. And the reason why he's not a cop when you find out was because they kicked him off the force, basically because he wouldn't take money. He was an honest cop. But nevertheless, he goes to find his, he, to look for his daughter. He goes through, throughout the city. He stops at a peep show. And the reason he stops the peep show is he's looking for this girl that was working at the peep show. She was outside the place and she picked up this necklace that the Gus guy dropped while being chased throughout the city. And he goes to find her and at first she i don't think she takes it very seriously 
then he go he try he goes in the booth to try to find her to tell you know to you know let him let her know I'm serious I, I really need your help but of course he gets thrown out of the place by the bouncers while you know I mean while they rough him up he rubs them up they rough him up and then the woman realizes he's serious and then she tells him she shows him the necklace and then tells him that this is what he dropped he goes to he goes and gets it and then he ends up at some i think it, it was either a medallion or it was a i don't know what it was but he ends up at some dog uh place where you know the dog catchers are and i think uh the the gus guy had one of his dogs boarded up so he had to try to find out who this belongs to, who this dog belongs, you know, there's a, whatever. He's trying to find the guy's name. He does find the guy's name. And this woman, played by Julie Carmen, decides to help him find his daughter. So they go into the neighborhood where the guy's at. Of course, you know, as they get there, he's escaping with the daughter and he's also has to deal with this puerto rican gang you know and somehow and then somehow though he he takes like a beer bottle smashes the leader of the puerto rican gang's face with it then gets away with the girl and you know not he's not only being chased by cops He's being chased by a Puerto Rican gang in a rough part of town. And, of course, the Gus guy gets away with his with James Brolin's daughter. And they're in the subway. And they're apparently going to this rock concert. They're not going to the concert. What they're going to do is they're going to get, I think, um, there's a tunnel there's a lot of tunnels in new york and that's where they're supposed to get the money for the ransom now i know i forgot to mention it but i'm going to mention it now he calls the uh real estate developer and tells him that he's got her kid his kid and he'll cut her up in pieces and also uses other expletives along the way. And that worries the guy, the, the real estate developer, even though it's not his daughter that the guy ended up kidnapping. They end up calling the cops and then they wait for another call because he was going to call him back and... The guy tells him, "You, I want this amount of money here, and no tricks, or you know, blah blah blah, that old typical stuff. You know, I got your fucking kid, and I will kill her, or whatever kind of shit." And that's when the cop they call the 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 um, the Castellano character realizes that 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 this guy really does have his little that this guy has. James Brolin's daughter instead of the developer's daughter. By the way, the guy that plays the real estate developer 
is an old character actor that I've known for a long time. He's a friend of mine, great actor. His name is Marco St. John, and he's, if you look up his IMDb, it's got a lot of credits. He was in Tightrope with Clint Eastwood. He was the murderer in that. He was in an In the Heat of the Night episode. He was in Friday the 13th Part 5. He was in a lot of stuff, but we'll go on to that another time. Just go look up his IMDb. His name is Marco St. John. You won't regret it. <laughs> um, so it's finally night. I mean, the movie doesn't become nighttime until like the last 15 minutes of the movie. It's interesting. It's called Night of the Juggler when most of the movie's shot in the day. Well, they all get to the location of the concert. Um, the cops are there, the guy's there. He gets the money, but he doesn't have any intention of letting the girl go. In fact, I think he starts to have a thing for the girl. I mean, the thing is, another thing is the girl's 15 years old. So, yeah. Um, well, James Brolin goes after him. He fights the guy in the tunnel. The daughter ends up getting away. Um, she climbs out of the tunnel, climbs up to the ground, you know, wherever. And, you know, he thinks, the Guska, the, the kidnapper thinks that she wants to stay with him and that she wants to go away with him. But obviously, she doesn't. She gets away. And then he tries to kill James Brolin. And then James Brolin ends up killing him. And then he climbs out of the tunnel. He sees his daughter. And at the end, his daughter says, I don't want to move with mom to Connecticut. I want to stay here with you. And they embrace and like hug and whatnot. And then they, that's the end of the movie while the credits are rolling and the funk music that kind of sounds like Earth, Wind & Fire is playing which would be pretty appropriate for this movie. Um, well, I've described it the best way I possibly could at the moment, but I will say that it's definitely worth checking out, particularly if you are a fan of New York, gritty New York films from the 70s into the early to mid 80s. Like if you're in a, into a movie like Taxi Driver or Dog Day Afternoon or some cult movie like The Exterminator or Maniac or any of those, I would say Night of the Juggler would fall in kind of in between. It's not as explicit and sleazy as a movie like Maniac or The Exterminator, but it's pretty sleazy for... The main for a mainstream movie, and this movie was definitely a mainstream movie. You could tell it may be a low budget, but it was a mainstream movie nonetheless. Anyhow, it's one of those movies that really captures New York City at that time. Just a crazy place, um, full of chaos, but 
a lot of culture and highly coolest. It, New York was badass at the time. I mean, you had porno movies, porno theaters. You had um, the Grindhouse movie theaters, movie theaters, um, strip clubs, whatever. And they really uh, bring that out a lot in Night of the Juggler. Plus the scenes involving, like, the chase scene involving him chasing the guy with who kidnapped his daughter is very well done. It doesn't, what I like about it is it doesn't have a score or soundtrack that is overshadowing and overbearing the scene. And I don't really like that in a lot of action movies and a lot of thrillers. When there's tense moments, you have this tense kind of music that for me at least tends to be overbearing and overshadow and somehow take me out of what's going on in the film. I maybe for some people it works, but for me it it just doesn't. And here they don't have that, which is a good thing. In fact, I don't think the the movie really has much of a score. In fact, I can't really recall it having any kind of score it just has music that's like in the porn in the um, peep show place and your music you hear like in the subway it sounds like kind of uh spanish kind of music kind of latino kind of music and then at the end where they're playing the the concert which sounds kind of like uh funky Spanish music mixed with earth, wind, and fire, and which would be appropriate for this movie since, you know, earth, wind, and fire was big at that time, and it, it would definitely fit this movie. And plus, you have plenty of character actors, which a lot of these movies filmed in New York, the A movies and the B-grade ones, had um mandy patankin has one of his first roles in this he's the puerto rican cab driver you also have uh dan hadia he was in a lot of movies he played uh Cher's father in clueless he was in um commando he played the general the main villain in commando Blood Simple. He was the guy that um, wanted his wife and her lover killed in Blood Simple. And um, I got there's a lot of movies this guy was in, but here he is really orange. I mean, he he looks like somebody who's been in this who's who's been in the tanning bed for like a week. He is really orange in it, and he's he's a cop that obviously has a bone to pick with the James Brolin character. So he's not really going to try to help the guy out. He wants to kick the shit out of him. He wants to kill him, basically, because he ratted him out. Um, apparently, James Brolin ratted him out for making it with some Puerto Rican prostitute or something. And, well... Guess who got fired? 
He may have gotten transferred, but James Brolin's character got fired for that. Which makes sense when you know how things are, particularly in New York at that time, and it seems like New York now. Um, the whole movie's kind of filled with a bunch of craziness. It never lets up on how crazy the city is and how no matter who's in the movie, like a lot of these movies, you could have Robert De Niro, you could have Al Pacino, you could have James Brolin, you could have anybody, and the main character will always be New York City. Taxi Driver, the same way. In fact, um, there are quite a few movies of that era that I really like and are some of my favorites that really show New York as more a dangerous, sometimes cesspool, but it's it's definitely, it for me, it would have been definitely worth checking out back in that day. Like, as crazy and as much of a sleazy cesspool as New York was, it also looked very exciting, had a very rich mixture of cultures, um, the movie theaters, the, I mean, hell, I'd be there. I would be probably at one of those movie theaters a few days a week, every week, you know, unless I was out of town or some shit. <laughs> but I would say if any movie, if any New York movie would make you want to check out New York because it looks so cool and badass and exciting, I would say this movie would be one worth checking out, along, of course, with Taxi Driver, Dog Day Afternoon, um, I, The Jury, Driller Killer, Ms. 45, The Exterminator, among others. Um, I also like the fact that at first... They make it seem like the Cliff Gorman character, Gus Solchik, is just a, he's a crazy guy, but he's angry. He um, feels like he had been wronged, like he'd been screwed over. And, you know, it was his chance to juggle the books. He's the juggler to where it comes out on his end because he felt like these rich bastards destroyed his neighborhood right so you're kind of feeling like well he's probably not such a bad guy he just he just got the rough end of the stick but then as the movie progresses and he starts and then he he kisses the girl who's 15 and the way he looks at her right there and then you realize this guy's a fucking creep. <laughs> you know, you know, at first he's misunderstood, but then you realize around that time, and maybe you realized it before, this guy's a freaking creep. And he is not misunderstood. And you, you, you don't really have any sympathy for the guy after that. I mean, the guy seemed kind of unhinged to begin with, so 
it could have been he, he kind of reminds me of Travis Bickle at that time not that now obviously Travis Bickle wasn't into underage girls but somebody that might have been a victim of the city as it were and somehow the craziness and what went on around him somehow shaped his his mindset but the movie also taxi driver i'm talking about kind of shows things that maybe he was insane before you know maybe it had to do with him being a vietnam vet he might have been wacko even before then they never really say which is why i think taxi driver works as well as it does and um while this is no taxi driver i don't feel that it inspires to be taxi driver it's just a action um, exploitation film released by a major studio columbia pictures that was meant to entertain and fit in with the kind of grindhouse exploitation film that was big at the time and i think it does it quite well because with the right people you know it doesn't look too big but you could still tell it's kind of mainstream it's not quite as sleazy as an exterminator or a driller killer or an eye of the jury but it still works on the entertainment level it's kind of in the middle there you got movies like taxi driver and then on the other end you have movies like maniac that are basically blood and guts slasher sleaze low budget stuff and this movie i would say would fit in actually a better example would be dog day afternoon in fact there is a site that compares dog day afternoon and night of the juggler which i will mention in just a minute when i find it because i i only have a few more minutes because it only lets me talk for 30 minutes so we'll try to get to that as soon as possible and try to see what else is there to say um well i will say even though it is not taxi driver by the by any stretch i highly recommend it i give it five out of five fingers oh here it is the site is called the title of the article is born losers which is obviously talking about you know the character in this movie the um cliff gorman character and the al pacino character in dog day afternoon um it's i've read this article and it's definitely worth checking out it is from dablik magazine all you got to do is go to google type up dablik magazine or type up dog day afternoon and night of the juggler and this will pop up in fact i like looking at different reviews for movies like this um, because I, I definitely feel this movie deserves to be rediscovered.
Um, it's definitely a product of its time, but it's a badass time. Oh, yeah, another a, a movie filmed in New York at this time that's definitely worth checking out if you're into sleaze or that that kind of side of New York it is Lucio Fulci's New York Ripper, which is a far more brutal film. But it's definitely a movie to add to your library of gritty New York um, cinema alongside this and Taxi Driver and Dog Day and um, I, the Jury and Prince of the City. There, That's another one. Prince of the City is more of a crime drama, a mainstream crime drama, but they have all it. Like someone said in a commentary that all these New York movies somehow seem like they're related to one another. And I get what he's saying. Like, you see a movie like Night of the Juggler. You see people in it and places in it that you see in a movie like Taxi Driver, uh, I, the Jury, um, any movie that has that kind of New York feel to it with New York character. I mean, Dog Day Afternoon is a great example. Um, well... Since I don't have much time, I will let you know that you can see Night of the Juggler on YouTube for free. And I definitely, it is definitely worth checking out. Um, hopefully it will be able to be on Blu-ray. Hopefully Shout Factory will release it with some great extra bonuses. Better hurry ups because, uh, you know, some of the movie's cast has already passed on and some are you know, getting older, hopefully they can get James Brolin to do an interview. You know, he's, he's in his eighties now, but still, you know, need to get him there somewhere or Julie Carmen or the, the one that played his daughter or someone involved in the movie. If they can't release it, then Kino Labor, Lorber can release it or Vinegar Syndrome or you know, one of those plate, one of those companies that releases a lot of these cult classics. Well, that's all for tonight. That's all I have time for. My name is Christopher McFarlane. I hope you enjoyed the show and check out.